0: expressed on Wrestling Down are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. Hey, it's Lo, and you are tuned in to Wrestling Windown. On this week's episode, I am joined by my guest co-host, the Brooklyn Wolf of Wall Street, April. She is a wrestling YouTuber based out of Brooklyn, New York. We'll be chatting about the latest in professional wrestling, including the best matches and moments from this week's Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, as well as the surprising debuts and returns at Impact Slammiversary. And of course, our newest segment, Sip and Tell. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. Today is April aka the Brooklyn Wolf of Makeup. Welcome to the show. I hope you're ready to talk some wrestling and sip some wine.
1: Yes, I am always ready to talk some wrestling and sipping our wine,
0: especially everything I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to need a whole bottle. <laughs>
1: so <laughs>
0: when did you become interested in professional wrestling?
1: Well, I have been a wrestling fan since I was young, but I really didn't have the influence around me to keep watching. I've had my friends watch it, but I was so on and off. I got back into it, I want to say late 2017, 2018. The only promotion I really knew about was WWE. WWE. Since then, I've kind of been hooked, and I've really been opening up my mind to watching other promotions, and I've just been loving it. And I feel like I'm a little too invested than I thought I would be, but I... <laughs> It's really interesting, you know, as a woman, as a female wrestling fan that loves this and you tell people you're a wrestling fan, they look at you like you're crazy Yep. and they kind of don't understand, but we're in this time right now where there are so many female wrestling fans around us that I don't feel alone. I don't want to go to a party and there's all men talking about wrestling, but if I see a couple of women who know what they're talking about, I feel comfortable. So it's pretty universal and I gotta say I've been loving it.
0: (laughs) So you were involved with Yup, I Like Wrestling. They're a wrestling website for a while. There is their sole female reviewer. What experience did you gain from working with them? When I had joined Yep, I Like Wrestling,
1: I was introduced as a guest by. They're so female. I met out a Raw a couple of years ago. I joined their live streaming show called Unpopular Review, where I was the first lady, as they like to call me. And before that, I was doing the whole makeup influencer thing on Instagram and Snapchat, and that was my main thing. So when I joined this live streaming show where we would just talk about Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, it really brought out... A, I felt like I had low self-esteem since I didn't really do the makeup influencer thing for some time, but to go live and talk to people. At first, it was a little nerve-wracking because I got back into wrestling. I felt like I wasn't really knowledgeable, but the fans that we had, they made me feel comfortable and it was fun. So it really brought out you know, more confidence in myself. My self-esteem has come high and it got to the point where I decided to leave Unpopular Review and start my own show which was something I never
0: would have thought I would do. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I wanted to ask you about. Your wrestling YouTube page, it's not your typical wrestling page where you talk about wrestling and just kind of kick it. You do your makeup. Tell me how you came up with that concept and how it's been going so far.
1: Well, like I said before, I am a makeup artist and... I came up with the Brooklyn Wolf of Makeup name while I was with Yep, I Like Wrestling. It was something that completely came out of nowhere. And I ran with the gimmicks. So when I used to go on a popular review and my co-host would go out on a rant about how much he loved Baron Corbin or someone I completely hated, I would just put my highlight on, I'll put lipstick on just to irritate them because this is something that is kind of, I want to say different from anyone in the wrestling community. So I always use that to... My advantage. This is something I love and I use that as my gimmick. So when I decided to leave Unpopular Review, I knew I wanted to have my own show talking about wrestling, but I wanted to bring my Brooklyn Wolf of Makeup persona into that. It's really interesting. A lot of people do not think about it, but makeup is a pretty big influence in the wrestling community. You know, I would watch a match and I could see the female competitors their makeup will look gorgeous, but some of these wrestlers will have their face paints on, like Dustin Rhodes. You know, you would see Darby Allin. The, Kel- the Boogeyman. <laughs> yes, the Boogeyman. <Pokemon. laughs> you even see Undertaker with his eyeliner. So it would just be those little things where it would catch my eye because that was their characters. Once I started my channel, I just wanted to, you know what, I want to bring my passion for makeup and my love for wrestling. And I kind of want to bring them together in this weird world. And it's been going great. You know, sometimes I would need a little inspiration. So lately I have been doing a lot of recreation looks of a look I would see a week, whether it's someone on WWE or AEW, I would get inspiration on some of the gear the wrestler were wearing. I would use the colors to make eye makeup
0: and stuff. And I would just do my makeup and talk wrestling. I think it's so different, and I love makeup. I love wrestling, so I definitely check it out when I can, and I think our audience would love it as well.
1: I'm catching a lot of different eyes. There was one point where I had a gentleman on Facebook. He was watching my video, and he sent me a message, and he told me his wife came in the room, and she asked him, why is he watching a makeup tutorial? (laughs) He told her I'm this a uh, makeup tutorial but this girl is talking wrestling and she knows what she's talking about so to even hear something like that like wow i i actually getting validation from guys and they're learning things this is also another reason why i created this channel because i wanted to bring out more female wrestling fans me starting this channel i want to influence female wrestling fans like it's okay you can come out we we are here do not feel threatened by these male wrestling fans who have been watching wrestling from the get-go and because you like something don't let your opinion feel like it doesn't matter because you're a female
0: let's get into (laughs) raw this week we saw the viking raiders versus andrade and angel garza andrade and angel garza they eventually won the match but their egos are getting in the way they definitely aren't on the same page and it's mm-hmm. been like that a while. Zelina Vega is probably losing her mind at this point because they're just never a cohesive unit. I don't see the Street Profits losing their titles this quickly. I feel like no. it's been a weird run for them. It almost comes across mm-hmm. as a joke with the Viking Raiders and mm-hmm. Street Profits that they started out as being these competitors with each other and now they're friends. You, We know the Street Profits can work in the ring and... That should be showcased on Raw every week, but it's not. And Mm -hmm. I get, you know, having the Summer 1 Contenders match. Both teams are incredible as a team, and Andrade and Angel Garza as singles competitors. But what do you think?
1: Well, I still call them the War Raiders because I do not like this whole Viking thing. (laughs) But when Angel Garza and Andrade got together with Austin Theory, I was loving the concept of possibly having a staple because I love them together together. There are no stables in WWE right now, and this is something that we need. So they got rid of Austin Theory. He's rocking with Seth Rollins and his Jesus crew. That's fine. I really love Angel Garza. I love him. I went to Florida. I actually went to Florida just to go to NXT before this whole pandemic happened. I wanted that experience and to see him live. I love that ego. I love the way he moves in the ring, and I've been a fan of Andrade for so long. So to see them together, it can work. But like you said, their egos are getting in the way. And it's kind of heartbreaking because I would love to see them with the titles. I would love to see them run the whole division because Zelina Vegas, I love her as a manager. She is so dope and her makeup is always on point. But (laughs) this thing going on, something's got to change because like you said, with the Street Profits, they haven't really been having a great run and we can easily blame the pandemic. And I know they have been doing the cinematic thing and the, what you can do, I can do better games going on with the Viking Raiders. But it's like what I said before, they do not have a real tag division and they need to build it. The Street Profits are amazing and I'm tired of seeing them fight the War Raiders all the time. I don't think Angel Garza and Andrade are going to win this, but we need something. I just, I feel like it's going to be a great match because both of these teams are awesome, but I don't see the Street Profits leaving, using the titles. I want them in front of an audience. I miss the hype and it's heartbreaking because they deserve it and it's just sad because you see the talent behind these plexiglass and they just can't do anything right yeah they deserve better
0: they really do that's all I have to say they definitely do deserve better and I feel like like you said it probably would have been a better run for them if they were surrounded by that audience and that vibe of having people in their corner it's been hard With these developmental talent, yeah, they're cheering on the faces and blowing the heels, but at the same time, that's not the same as having 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 fans in an arena. But mm-hmm. this is the time we live in. Speaking of tag teams, we saw Ruby Riot announce her new tag team partner, Bianca Belair, this week. They faced off against the Iconics and they ended up winning. I have been begging for weeks now to have Bianca Belair on Raw, so I was very excited to see her in this tag team with Ruby Riot, who is talented as well. Both of these women have been on main event for at least a couple months now. They haven't been being utilized on the main roster, so we finally saw them go against the Iconics. It kind of went against what I thought was going to happen. I thought Riot and Liv Morgan were going to get back together and form a tag team, but it seems like WWE is gearing more towards Bianca, and I really want to see Bianca as a solo superstar. Or if they're going to put her in a tag team with anyone, put her in a tag team with Naomi. They've been asking for this for months now. It's like WWE does not hear it. They don't see the excitement from fans asking for it. But like I said, Ruby Riott is talented. This was an okay match, but what's next? Like, where are we going with this? Are Riott and Belair going to be the number one contenders for the women's tag team titles? Or was this just a one-off match? I really
1: liked Ruby Riot and Bianca Belair together. Like you said, they, they're both so strong in the ring. They can rock alone completely easily. But there is no women's tag division. And to be honest, there are only two real tag teams in the division. And mm-hmm. it is the iconic And unfortunately, Sasha and Bayley. I was never a fan of Alexa and Nikki. I always make the joke if they if they don't have a shirt, they're not a real team. So I've always made that joke. Oh and God. <laughs> I'm still not a fan of Alexa and Nikki because I hated what they did to Nikki Cross as soon as she joined the main roster. I love the whole crazy, the, she had the insanity the vibe and I am not a fan of Alexa Bliss as a face. I love her as a heel. Bianca Belair I to be honest, I forgot that main event was still a thing. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Main Event. Yeah. But I love this girl. She has been stolen. Those title runs that they've been taken from her. She uh-huh. should have been our NXT champion before she got on the main roster. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of it as a business sense because we have Ruby Riot. If they pair her up with Liv Morgan, then what was the point of breaking up the Riot squad? Just I'm said still that upset last thing. Yep. I'm still upset that they broke up before they got the tag titles because they could have been on top of the division. I love the Riot Squad. Liv Morgan, I feel she would be a great singles competitor, but they're not working with her right. They gave mm-hmm. us this complete build up with her. She comes out as a quote unquote lesbian, and then she's been getting pushed, having great
0: matches, and now she disappeared. She was losing, yeah. and then last week she was attacked, and we don't know who attacked her. I feel like Liv Morgan could have almost been on a play of, like, the 90s or early 2000s with the women, where she brings yeah. up sex appeal, but she's also good in the ring, almost like a mm-hmm. young Trish Stratus. But really doesn't make sense that they broke up the Riot Squad if, in the end, two out of three of the Riot Squad are going to end up back together. Mm-hmm. Make but make I don't sense. want
1: that right now, but I love Bianca Belair. I did like her vibe of Rui because they're so completely different. Right. But they're so strong in the ring. And if they want to make the women's tag titles mean something, then we need strong competitors. I love the Iconics. I hate that they have been treated as a joke ever since they got on the main roster because Peyton Royce is such a beast in the ring. And Billie Kay, I really enjoy her. So I love them as a team. I'm here for it. The match for the first time, it was good but I would love to see more of that. I want to see right. their dynamic because they're so different, but they do have something in common and they're strong in the ring. And I want to see that differentiation. We
0: saw Shayna Baszler come back this week and she attacked Akira Tozawa and his ninjas. Okay. I saw the eye roll via webcam. She is not here for it. I haven't even introded it all the way yet. Shayna Baszler is back and I like it. Shayna Baszler has been just singing the corner since WrestleMania. We have not heard from her. We, I guess Becky on the Bellas podcast said that she wanted Shayna actually to win at WrestleMania and hold the title, which would have made the most sense seeing as how everything played out. But yeah. that didn't happen. And now Shayna's back. And they're painting her as this heel that you want to be scared of. She's a threat to you. And you think about it. That's how they've always portrayed Nia Jax as -hmm. this heel that you're always scared of. And where's Nia Jax at this point? She's been really MIA ever since the whole Kyrie thing. They've kind of brushed her to the side. Now they're bringing Shayna back in.
1: Shayna Baszler, she was a beast on NXT. Absolutely. They teased us with this whole four horsewomen thing with her other ladies. We were supposed to have that four horsewomen match versus the other four horsewomen of NXT and WWE. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out then you bring Shayna up to the main roster, strong. She literally defeated everyone in the elimination chamber. I wouldn't have been upset if she won the women's title for Raw, because you're right. They need it on someone who is strong. Becky's prego. She can't do it. I'm loving Asuka as a champ. Don't get me, me wrong. Too, but right. But as soon as Shayna Baszler lost, then she was She was in my eye. Right. And I don't understand. This is what they keep doing. They keep building talent, and then... They're not doing anything about it. And I wouldn't mind. I saw her on TV, and I'm like, okay. And it wasn't just I, I rolled because of Shayna Baszler. I'm not the biggest fan of her, but she can move in the ring. She's given some great matches in NXT, but they're starting this. But she doesn't really have any real competition. She wants to be shown as the cage fighter. Everyone needs to be scared of her. Who do you think in, like I'm asking you, who do you think on Raw is going to be that one to stand up to Shayna and have an actual feud with her. Because I, I can think name two. Right
0: now. I can name two. I think Nia Jax, I think they would have an interesting feud because Shayna has so much that she could bring out of her hat to get Nia Jax, including yeah. her actually punching Becky in the face last year, her injuring sure. people. If, if WWE wants to go that route where they're bringing up that people are saying online about how Nia is unsafe in the ring and have Maybe. Shayna bring that in, I feel like that might be interesting to watch. I also feel like Shayna and Oscar together. That would be magic. I think if oh, you yeah. look it properly, and they're able to extend it out instead of having a quick feud. I see Shayna versus Asuka being a Summer Slam type of match. Have it be a big match. These two competitors—they held the title for the longest in NXT as women's champions. Why are That's we not? Right. Why are we not? Playing on that. Who was the most dominant champion in NXT? Look at Asuka. She came up to the main roster. Her run wasn't good at first, but then she was able to mm-hmm. get the Tag Team Championship. Then she was able to get her own title, finally. And then yeah. for Shayna, she comes up to the main roster by biting Becky. She wins mm-hmm. at Elimination Chamber. She loses at WrestleMania. She's not her from, again, for what, three, four months? Like I feel like WWE has that material, and we can see it.
1: They need to hire female writers for the creative team. been saying this. Amen. That's what they need to do. Because, <laughs> you know what? I can definitely see the, you know, Nia versus Shayna. But I know a lot of people aren't fans of the whole heel versus heel thing. Mm-hmm. I feel they can have a little feud, but it would be kind of weird. I am a Nia Jax fan. Unfortunately, it sucks because, you know, she's injuring people. I feel they should push her back to NXT Because they need a dominant woman. Yes, they have, I think her name is Raquel, with Raquel Gonzalez, yeah. So I can definitely see her and Nia, you know, doing a couple things in NXT. I could definitely see Asuka and Shayna. But if this is going to be a SummerSlam match thing, they need to start that right now. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm kind of here for it. We need to tweet at WWE, like, get it together. (laughs) Because there are things we want. So give it to us.
0: In our main event, we saw the women slay. We saw the Kabuki Warriors go against Sasha and Bailey for the women's tag team titles. This was a good main event. I feel like all four oh, yeah. women are extremely talented, and they brought it and showed why the women should main event more often.
1: I loved it. I love Asuka and Kairi staying together. I feel they should have had a better run with the tag titles. Absolutely. But I wasn't too crazy about them putting those two together, but they have been killing it. Sasha and Bailey. I'm not crazy about those two, to be honest. I respect them in the ring. Like, you know, we we spoke before. I do not like Bailey's new character. I I get it. She has to be annoying and titled because her and Sasha, they're part of the four horsewomen. Becky (laughs) is pregnant. Um, Charlotte, I think she's having surgery. So they need to be the faces of the division. But like I said, I'm not crazy about this whole thing. I'm waiting for Sasha to turn on Bailey because I'm over it but I love this match and oh my God, I just want, to be honest, I want more Eo and Sasha.
0: Mm. Oh my God.
1: Mm-hmm. I want more of those two. But like I said, this is a great match, but uh, it's getting kind of stale to me because we're what? seeing the same tag. We're seeing the same <laughs> tag teams. I'm, I'm one of those. who so I want something different. And like yeah. you said, WWE has the potential to give us things, but when it comes to the women, It's like they'll start something, and then they cut it, and then they jump into something else.
0: Speaking of that, we had a moment of bliss on SmackDown this week, and it was hyped up that it was going to be a special guest, and everyone was thinking it would be Stephanie Mann on the show announcing Evolution 2. And this has been a rumor for a couple weeks now. We talked about it Mm -hmm. last week, how people think that there's going to be an Evolution 2 right after SummerSlam. And I was concerned that if it was true... How the Mm -hmm. hell are they going to market this? You know, it's a month away, and are we going to do the same thing we did last time where we announced the match three minutes before the show goes live? Like, just no proper planning for these women who work their asses off on their roster each and every week. Obviously, Evolution 2 was not announced because the internet did not break. Asuka was the special guest on Moment of Bliss. Honestly, I don't even want to talk about the whole Moment of Bliss as a whole. I want to talk about this (laughs) Evolution 2 thing because I'm reading that... It still is a possibility that they do want to announce it, that they are going to have it, but this just wasn't the right moment to have it. Do you think Evolution 2 is going to happen? Let me just get straight to the point. Do you think that the timing that people are predicting, which is the end of August, early September, is a thing, or do you think it should happen later on in the year? I was actually having this conversation with a friend of mine
1: yesterday about Evolution, and I was telling him I love the show. I had the opportunity to go because it was in Jersey, but Unfortunately, I wasn't able to. I enjoyed the show as a whole, but they did not market it right. They had that Saudi show, which I am not a fan of those at all. It's okay. Two weeks. They had that show two weeks before Evolution. They did not promote this show at At all. all. The most promotion you saw for Evolution was those last two weeks. And like you said, they're announcing random matches in Raws and SmackDowns. This is the first ever women's pay-per-view. This is supposed to be something that breaks the internet. Like, it's supposed to be historic. We have all these legends. And like I said, I enjoyed the pay-per-view for what it was. But it did not make the money for it. You know, even when, I think it was the day before Evolution, and I thought about going, and there were so many tickets still on sale. A lot of people weren't interested in it. I don't understand it because we have come so far, and women's wrestling, women are, people are preferring more the women's wrestling than men's wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like there are some men's matches that are now the bathroom breaks when that used to be the women's matches. And like we said, WWE has such potential. We can have the evolution too, if it's done right. Exactly. But at this point, it's going to happen. Let's say possibly next, late next year, because this is Mm. something that needs to build up. We still do not have fans, in the audience, this is something that needs to be live with a crowd, with an audience. This is something that needs to be big. Promotion-wise, they didn't have faith. It was obvious to see that they did not have faith. And I even
0: said it about the May Young Classic. I love the May Young Classic, and they completely canceled it. You know, I think with the May Young Classic, the reason why they nixed that, again, is because they don't have a crowd. And I think they actually thought, well, you know, we're bringing in all these people, who knows if they have covid they're te- obviously they're not being safe in how they go about mm-hmm. testing their talent the frequency of what they're te- how they're testing talent taking temperatures etc and also you think about how they usually incorporate women for, uh, from other countries that wouldn't be mm-hmm. an option if they did the Mae Young classic right now because oh no the international travel restrictions and stuff i think it was the smartest decision for them to cancel it because if they brought it with just, you know, talent that they do have in the U.S. First of all, gathering that much talent will be unsafe in the first place, but it wouldn't feel like the same May Young Classic that we all know and love. It wouldn't have those international talent from all over the place that have made a name in their countries. I'm kind of glad they put a standstill on that, but I do want to see an evolution too, but I want to see them, like you said, do it right. I feel like WWE, they have strong women on their rosters, and they really do need to showcase that again. We know that we love the women and there's a lot of fans that know how good the women are, but let them have their moment. Let them get on a pay-per-view, just the women, and show why they're the best.
1: But even so, the last May Young Classic we had was at Evolution. After that, it was canceled. So I'm not saying they should bring it back now because we're in this pandemic. So it is hard for you know anyone to, you know, have great matches because wrestlers do need that crowd. They need that adrenaline. So for something like that, they, we need that crowd. We need that fan. We need we need those fans to boo and cheer, and we need that energy. But they canceled it right after that, and then it's like, what happened? WWE. Yeah. This was the first show that they've given us besides Tough Enough and all the other reality shows to introduce talent. They were showing talent from all over the world. There are wrestlers now who are watching the Indies who are signing main contracts. It's like, wait, I remember her. She was in the Main Young Classic. I remember her. So they gave us that platform to see other talent, right? Like if you're not into watching independent wrestling or don't know where to watch it, WWE was giving us that opportunity to see these women. And now, if we watch any other promotions, like I remember her when she was in the May Young Classic.
0: This week on NXT, we saw Io Shirai face off against Tegan knotts in a title match, and I actually enjoyed this match. I actually enjoyed the ending much better when we saw Dakota Kai come out and just kick. EO down to the ground after she successfully retained her title um I think this whole dynamic between Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai has been a very interesting one at NXT it went on a very 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 long time I thought it would be a little bit shorter than that but mm-hmm. it seems like Dakota Kai is eyeing that NXT Women's Championship and she's coming after it next how do you feel about how this match went as well as the ending of it
1: I really enjoyed this match. I was not a big fan of Tegan Knox. Like I said, I first saw her when she was in the May Young Classic. Right, same. So I wasn't really too much of a fan of hers, but her comeback has been, it was a little, you know, chill, but now it's coming on so strong. I love this girl. I actually did a video a couple of months ago talking about the women in NXT and in wrestling general, who I love and I want to see in the title runs, and I want to see that. And Tegan Knox was on the list. She has so much potential. I she love EO really Shirai. I love that they turned her heel. EO is the best. Like, she, she's everything. And I'm loving this thing that Tegan's having with Dakota Kai. It's reminding me of, you know, Champa versus Giardi Gargano, mm. with the mega baby face and the mega heel. I love that Dakota Kai turned heel. I do like her better as a heel. And I'm kind of here for it. And you know what? I wanted, you know, we had this, you know, situation with, Champa and Johnny Gargano for years and their feud is going to go on forever from being besties to frenemies to just having you know crazy matches as heel and face but that friendship was still there right. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox have no that friendship. friendship they no. have not anymore well, no <laughs> not anymore they used to be mega besties right but now it's gone yeah. so now Champa's not really here they, they don't really know what they're doing with Johnny Gargano so we need a female Johnny Gargano versus Champa and this can work.
0: We also saw this week Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovac, winner takes off for the NXT Championship and the North American Championship. I really like this match. I think Keith Lee and Dominic work extremely well in the ring together. They're always very entertaining to watch. And even when they were tagging together to now, it's just it's been interesting to really watch them and I read a lot of rumors online that this was Dominic's last match in NXT, which kind of made me a little bit intrigued. So did a little bit more research. People are thinking that Dominic is about to jump to Raw to be part of Seth Rollins' um, act <laughs> that he is doing, which I don't really know how to feel about that. I think Dominic Dijakovic, he's still growing as an NXT competitor. And he's had a lot of really good matches, but... I really don't think it's time for him to be on the main roster. And we've seen him tease on Twitter for a long time about different storylines going on and stuff like that. But I don't know if I want him involved with Seth at this point.
1: Well, I love Dominic Dajakovic and Keith Lee. I love seeing big men do big things. And they put on some amazing matches. I'm still not a fan of the whole double title thing. I mean, I love that Keith Lee is our champion. He is awesome. but I'm still not crazy about the whole double title thing. This was a filler match because we already knew that Keith Lee was going to
0: win. But let me, I, okay, let me ask this then. Backstage, we saw Dominic Dijakovac confront Karrion Cross, which was kind of unexpected because we saw Karian Cross last week on Keith Lee after the championship match. So when I saw people saying this was Dominic's last match in NXT, it almost confused me because we saw that moment between those two, which made me think, well, is Dominic going to be that? Almost center to carry and cross as a as a feud before he goes for Keekly all the way. Yeah. What did you think about that moment?
1: Well, I didn't hear that Dajakovic was gonna move onto the main roster. I don't want him to move, but at the same time, they kind of need you know big guys because mm-hmm. they don't really have any you know big strong guys. I don't want him joining Seth's little cult. I'm not a fan of it. You know, I get why they put. Buddy Murphy with him, you know, to push that. Seth Rollins, I want him off my TV for a while because I'm over him. I am a fan of his, but I don't like this whole Jesus CrossFit thing. I don't want to see Dominic Dajakovic as just their bodyguard type thing. Mm -hmm. Because if Mm -hmm. I'm going to think of, like, the typical fan, let's say uh, I'm just going to be that fan, like, okay, you're going to stick Dominic Dajakovic in here, they're going to compare it to the inner circle with Chris Jericho having Jake Hager Mm -hmm. as, like, their male big bodyguard type
0: mm-hmm. Dominic
1: Dijakovic has so much potential I don't know I don't know why he hasn't gotten some kind of push but like you said now they're sticking him with Karrion Cross. I guess they're going to be the buffer for when Karrion does have his title matches with Keith right. but my question is is this going to be a regular thing like now is Keith Lee going to have winner takes all matches all the time? That's what I was it's wondering last week. What's going on with the title belts? Right. Because, like you know, everyone knows the North American title is for Mid Carters. Right. That's why I don't understand why they made him two belts, Keith Lee, because of that. Is that going to be a normal thing? Is Karrion going to go for both titles? It's kind of bringing down the value of the NXT championship. So, well, in my opinion, I don't know. Last week
0: we talked about it and I didn't understand why they just don't separate the two and have keep like, mm-hmm. defend both separately. Yeah, yeah, okay, every once in a while, maybe he has a winner-takes-all. And those winner-takes-all matches should be special. It shouldn't be a weekly thing. It shouldn't be every pay-per-view. It should be for a few, like Karrion Cross, or him going up against Adam Cole for a rematch. It would make more sense to have had Dominic Dijakovic go for maybe the North American title because Dominic yeah. Dijakovic is a mid-carder. Now... For the NXT title, it would make more sense to have him go against Gary and Cross if they were doing this separately. It yeah. doesn't make sense to do that every week because it I feel like it almost devalues having him hold both championships. I actually like it Keith Lee with both championships, but I feel like they need to go about it differently to entertain their audience. We want yeah. to see that Keith Lee is a dominant champion for both titles separately, mm-hmm. not at once. I feel like NXT is really experimenting because this is the first time they've had a a superstar with both championships at the same time. And they're probably trying to feel out, do the fans like these winner take all matches? Should we separate it? It makes more sense. And you have more eyes on the titles separately when you're having different competitors face off for both titles. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. last week we were talking about Tommaso and how he was very discouraged in the position that he's in right now because he has such a strong run with the NXT championship For all of that time, and then he got injured, so he had to relinquish the title. And I was saying, why don't they have him go for that North American championship? But if they're not separating the titles, he would have to go for both. And at this point, at where Tommaso Ciampa is, I feel like he shouldn't be involved in a winner takes all match because it wouldn't make any sense.
1: They don't really have anything for him. The last year he had, it was with Karrion Cross. And I feel this could have been longer. This should have been more invested. And the match that they had in your house, I think it was the takeover in your house, Paper. Yeah, it was a squash I match. I loved it. It was, it was, a, squash was a squash match. match. I did enjoy it because I loved their dynamic, but they should have continued the whole carrying Champa thing because we're jumping from, you know, Champa being champion. He lost his titles. Now he's lost because he lost his titles. He lost his best friend. Now what? And now he keeps getting attacked by Kyrian, who came on strong, and I love it. But they should have had this feud. And I wish it was longer, because now Ciampa, he's he's lost in the shuffle. And he has said it many times. He doesn't want to go to the main roster. Right. Because they know... They had him... I think it was... What was it? I think it was last January. They had him and Johnny Gargano do a couple of tag matches. It didn't feel right seeing them on Raw or smackdown. He said it many times. If I gotta go to the main roster, then I'll quit. He wants to stay in NXT. I don't It's just it's weird because you know, like we said, it's this is a weird time with the pandemic, but they have so much potential. They can do so much. But I I don't know. But I do want more for Ciampa. I completely agree with you when it comes to, you know, Keith Lee defending the title separately. Because I feel like this match should have been just the North American title. Because him and Dominic, they have been having this feud, this frenemy thing going on, going for the North American title. Right. So now they could have easily been like, well, homie, here's your chance Yeah, fight me for the North American title. But I love seeing yeah. Keith Lee as champion.
0: I just have to say oh, that again. Because I love him.
1: I love he's him. Just,
0: I feel like he's just a strong competitor. And seeing a Black man holding both titles, it just means so much to me. AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle this week on SmackDown. This match could have remained in the drafts. We didn't need to see it. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like I said last week, why is Matt Riddle still on TV? I will ask this question for as long as he is still on TV. Now they're trying to enter him into the storyline with Baron Corbin, which still, again, does not make any sense. I am really getting tired of how WWE is being very dismissive when it comes to Matt Riddle when online the story tells all we talked Mm -hmm. about it last week with matt riddle having this video up and him denying the claims of sexual assault but also saying that he had an affair with this indie wrestler i didn't even watch this match and i wouldn't go back and watch it to see what i missed all i know is that i've read online that now they're putting him in a a feud with baron corbin matt riddle Uh, i wasn't a I feel... I, I don't know. I wasn't a
1: fan of him going to the main roster this quickly. And, you know, he's going through, like I said, with all these allegations online. He's putting out these videos when he shouldn't because he has lawyers trying to fight this case, and now they're putting him in this title match. I, Read don't, get it. I don't Read the room.
0: Read the room.
1: It's not... It's uncomforting. To me, he's just there. They're not really doing anything with him. They want him to be the bro who runs the show. No, sir. They need to take him off until... He is cleared with all these allegations and everything because we're not here for it. This is a weird time right now where we got that list of wrestlers who came out with all these sexual allegations and this, that, and the third, and it was heartbreaking because a lot of our favorite wrestlers were on that list. Matt Riddle was on there. I'm not saying he was one of my favorites, but I did enjoy his run on NXT, but he's another one. There's nothing going on for him. They need to keep him off because of this whole personal life thing. It's been uncomfortable.
0: It is very uncomfortable, and seeing how WWE keeps on progressing and progressing, him, it's almost like a slap in the face to the fans that are here for the women that have come out during the Speaking Out movement. It makes you think Mm -hmm. that WWE doesn't respect people speaking out about the different experiences that they've had in their life and it's really unsettling. Next week on Smackdown, it was announced that Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus and their bar fight that was originally slated for Extreme Rules is happening. I freaking hate the storyline they have with Jeff Hardy and
1: Sheamus. I don't like this. He is someone who is a recovering alcoholic. He is a recovering drug addict. They're using that to make it into a story and I'm not a big fan of that considering Jeff Hardy has a long history of it. They're basically m- kind of making fun of his whole situation with the whole drunk driving thing. And I just, the, piss test, and now yeah. the bar fight. I just feel really strongly about this because they're basically making this, they made this into a storyline. People are complaining about it. And yet we have those saying if Jeff Hardy doesn't mind it, then why should we complain about it? But, Like, I'm just going off of the shoot here. I used to do internship at a mental hospital working with drug addicts and alcoholics. So the triggers are there. Jeff Hardy has a long history of it. So to put that out on national TV, even his own brother is uncomfortable with the situation. So now we have Jeff Hardy and Sheamus in a bar fight. So on the network recently,
0: Jeff Hardy had this whole special, and they showed him after a match. I'm not sure who it was with. I I think it was with Sheamus, or it had to be something involving that. And all the backstage crew Vince, and all the producers, they were praising him, saying he did such a good job in the match. And I've been reading a lot online that a lot of people think this is Jeff Hardy's last run in the WWE He's getting older. He's been injured a lot. He's been involved in so many strenuous matches in his career that it, you know, his body takes a toll obviously. But I'm trying to figure out where they're going with this storyline. As much as I hate it, I've been trying to figure it out and I'm almost almost thinking that they're trying to do it as like a PSA type thing to their audience. We're at the end of all of this, they're going to tell us like don't do drugs, don't drink alcohol excessively. Like I don't understand where they're going with this. And it's sad because there are people like Jeff Hardy who watch WWE, who have issues with drugs, who have issues Mm -hmm. with alcohol. And seeing this play out, like you said, it might be triggering or it is triggering. And ever since the first time we saw this and the whole accident and the DUI thing on television, I was not here for it. It's extremely tone deaf. I've been reading a lot, you know, because you know the internet's
1: amazing, that this is Jeff Hardy's last run they're burying him on purpose just so he can leave the company or just leave on a bad note the same way Matt kind of did. But this is not, they're they're making this into a joke. And they could have easily done any other storyline. And I see why they're bringing into the whole real life thing, like they brought in Heath Slater talking about the firings of how many, you know, when people from WWE, there was that list of wrestlers who got fired. So they spoke about that. And they try to bring into the real life stuff. But this is something very, very personal. And like you said, if they're trying to make this into a PSA thing, they're going it the wrong way. Because they're just, they, they have Sheamus over here saying, hey, don't be like this guy, Jeff Hardy. You think of Jeff Hardy, you think of the, the Hardy boys are one of the best tag teams in the world. You have in this bar fight. I, I'm not here for it. And then let's say we have this bar fight, then what happens next? Are they going to have Jeff Hardy lose and want to have a have a drink at the bar type thing? Yeah, with all these storylines, like I said, I've been watching WWE since I was a kid, but it's storylines like this that it kind of bothers me and it kind of pulls me away from watching the products.
0: Let's get into our newest segment, Sip and Tell. This week on Twitter, we saw a hashtag Naomi Deserves Better campaign kick off and a lot of positive response came from it. This was after the horrendous... Karaoke segment last week, which led to a match against Naomi and Lacey Evans. And this week, we saw Lacey Evans and Naomi face off again. Naomi lost, and this is how the hashtag started. And I've been saying it for months now that Naomi deserves better. And I'm glad that the general fan base of WWE realizes it, too. Naomi has been in the WWE for many years now. I consider her a veteran on the WWE women's roster, and she hasn't been utilized properly. She's had women's title reigns and one ended abruptly because she was injured. And it's, she hasn't had her moment yet. And seeing her involved in these stupid karaoke contests, which made me almost flashback to how women used to have these segments where they were in bikini contests and doing nonsensical stuff on our televisions. That's what this karaoke contest reminded me of. And then seeing this week with this match where Naomi lost in quick fashion, it pissed me off even more. It gained a lot of attention. I saw Kiki Palmer, who said that she wants to play Naomi in a movie. This was on a clip of Naomi returning at the Royal Rumble this year. And this video actually has 4.1 million views. And it's a clip. It's not even a long clip. It's maybe one to two minutes long. It's been viewed 4.1 million times. And Naomi came online and she saw herself trending. And this is what she said. Quote, unquote, wow, I know y'all got me, and you always have. I appreciate you all so, so much. Thanks for the continuous support and believing in me. I just thought this was interesting because we've seen Naomi and how she's able to get this national attention. Gabrielle Union was favoriting these tweets. I saw numerous WWE superstars saying how capable and how amazing Naomi is in the ring and how she's been there for so long and she deserves better. We also saw Kiki Palmer saying that she wants to play Naomi in a movie. You know, Naomi has done this before. Even when she came back at the Royal Rumble, she was in essence. Wendy Williams talked about her. She has that crossover appeal that most famously the Bellas have done. And she's not getting the same respect as the Bellas have. We've seen the Bellas. They've had multiple title reigns. And I think Naomi deserves just the same.
1: It is so frustrating because I love Naomi. I have been a fan of her. I, did, I haven't followed her career since the beginning, but for the past, I want to say, two years, she has been a favorite. That woman can move in the ring. When she cuts a promo, she will cut a promo. When she came back at the Rumble, I popped harder than when Edge came back. You know, I missed her. And like you said, she is a character. She's so unique. And they just keep playing with her. And I, I don't understand why. She is a legend. And she's had two title runs. Like you said, the last one got interrupted because she was injured. Now she came back in the Rumble, and we were hyped. I was so hyped to see her. I missed her in the ring. And it's the same thing with her. She came back strong. She was killing it on SmackDown. Once again, she disappeared. But I know because her husband got injured and the whole pandemic. Now she's coming back, and she's losing, getting treated as a joke. I could think of it as, you know what, she's losing, but this is her, you know, for a build up to something better. It's not. Yes, the Bellas, they have, they did what they did in WWE. They helped the evolution, but Naomi was there and she's one of the main few who has helped build this foundation. She does deserve better. I want to see her in the title one. I have been wanting her in the title picture for years. We need someone like Naomi on the mic with the title because she has fans from all over the world. Little girls love her. Her glow gimmick is fire. She relates to every single person out there and she does need more. And I'm glad she is getting this attention from people outside of the WWE. You have actors who want to create movies about her and things like that. I'm here for it. And if Vince and the creative team is not seeing this, then you know what? I don't want to be that fan. You know what? Just let her go and she could wrestle somewhere else.
0: I do actually want to take us through the history of Naomi, because I feel like, like you said, there's a lot of fans who started watching later on and don't really realize what she's done. She was in FCW for a long time. Then she Mm -hmm. moved up to the main roster. She was a part of the only women's NXT competition that they used to have. That's how long she's been there. And, you know, she was with the Fuck Delactics with Brodus Clay. And I think about it, and I've seen... You know, her and Cameron interacting on Twitter. Why not have Cameron come back? Why not have them redeem themselves? They were the Mm -hmm. background dancers for so long. They never had their time to shine as either singles competitors that were taken seriously or a tag team. Look, we have the the women's tag team titles now. Why not give them an opportunity at that if that's what they want to do? Like we also said, Bianca Belair and Naomi, they've been teasing it for a while that they really want to be in a tag team together. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. are saying, well, they won't move Bianca over to SmackDown because of the whole thing where they keep married couples together. But Naomi's husband isn't on the road right now. Why not have Naomi go over to Raw and why not have them form that team together and grow together? I mean, it's the perfect opportunity. To my knowledge, we've never had a strong black women's tag team in the WWE.
1: Like I can't no. think of one. We had Team Bad and Sasha Banks is part of it as long right. as as well as Naomi and Tamina. Look what they did with Tamina. This poor woman, she has never had a moment in WWE. She had this nice little storyline going for it for WrestleMania and then they cut it. They're both on SmackDown. Why can't we put both of them together hmm. and redeem themselves? Let's I I'm all about, you know, something different and I didn't watch wrestling when Team Bad was a thing, but you have both of these women. They started off to a Strong before WrestleMania. And she honestly, did. if she would have won the title, because this woman, I don't think she's ever had a title. She's always she been hasn't. paired with somebody. She's always been that bodyguard. And yes, she is, you know, accident prone. She had her thing going on with Nia Jax. But you know what? If this is the case, and you want to build your women's tag division, Let's try team bad one more time and put Bianca where Sasha was. Mm. We need it. I'm here for it. These women are so badass. And like you said, we never had a strong black woman as a champion. You know what? Let's do this and let's have it for the tag division. Let's have it somewhere because everyone's getting lost in the shuffle. And Naomi is getting so much attention like she did for the rumble. I don't want this to backfire again. She doesn't deserve that.
0: On Impact anniversary, we saw a lot of returns, including the Motor City Machine Guns, who have not been in attack team for a while now. And then we also saw a lot of WWE superstars or former WWE stars who were released in April involved in the pay-per-view, including Heath Slater, Diana Purrazzo, who was in NXT for a while. We also saw Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, who are known as the Good Brothers now, We also saw EC3 at the end of the show, as well as Eric Young, who is an Impact original, in my opinion. You watched the pay-per-view, so you have a little bit more insight of how these appearances went. What did you think of all of them?
1: Well, to see Heath Slater, you know, pop up and talking about he's a free agent, he's ready to, you know, run the division, he's ready for a comeback. I was very happy. I have been trying to get back on the Impact train for some time, so... Diana Perazzo, I loved her when she was in NXT. She did have a couple of matches when she had her appearances on the main roster, but they did nothing with her. So to see the way they're building her and impacting and now she's new women's knockout champion, I'm here for it. Her and I love that they're finally using her because the woman can move in the ring. The Good Brothers, I go back, I'm a Bullet Club fan, you know, too sweet all day. They have been treated like complete crap the moment they got on the main roster, they have always been in the background of Finn Balor and AJ Styles. They tried this whole recreation of the Bullet Club thing, and it never worked. And I read AJ had an issue with them getting fired, and he did put out that he felt bad on his Twitch that he couldn't do anything to save these guys. But them getting let go was the best I really hope they don't do what they did with them. And they did it with them in Bullet Club. They were always together. They always had them in the background. Same thing while they're on the main roster. I want these two to be strong in their tag team division because they do have a good tag team division. To see Eric Young, it was funny because you know, to see him on there, everyone looked happy. They looked relaxed. He moved so well. I was talking to my friends and telling them I missed him when he was in Sanity. Sanity had something great when they were on NXT, and as soon as they got to the main roster, they broke them up. Everyone was lost in the shuffle. So to see Eric Young back, of course, he was gushing blood, as always, but the man can move. I'm really happy for it. The promo with EC3 at the end was eh, but for him, I felt bad the most when he got on the main roster. The poor man had maybe three matches, and they were all squashed, and we never heard from him ever again. And I know Impact is his home, so I have a feeling they're going to do great things with him. And the best thing about Impact is, unless it's not in their contract, they could work in other promotions, so they can be on Impact and still work the independent scene, which is great for them. I'm ready for Tuesday. You know, usually I spend Tuesdays just watching AEW Dark, and I will watch Cash Impact when I can, but I can't wait to see what they're going to do. I hope the Good Brothers give out a good promo. I want to see what they're going to do with EC3. I'm here for it. And I'm very curious of what they're going to do with P. Slater. Now he's back with Rhino. So that might be a thing. I'm really happy for them because all this talent, they're great. They just haven't been utilized properly. And
0: I hope good things come out of this. I hope they do, too. Thank you, April, for joining me today on Wrestling Wind Down. Where can the people find you on social media? You guys can find me on
1: YouTube at Beating Faces, which is one word. You can find me on Twitter at House 710 or the Brooklyn Wolf of Makeup. Same name on Instagram. And... Yeah, I'm always down to talk wrestling, makeup, and yeah, definitely check out my videos. I come out with videos once a week, and I do all different types of videos, from rant videos to talking about matches I love, to wrestlers who I am looking forward to seeing, to my fun reaction videos at death
0: matches. So it's a little bit of everything. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio and wherever else you listen to your podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. Our new website is also coming soon. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? We upload episodes with brand new co-hosts every week. Until next time, enjoy your wine and of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! (laughs)